0: What's up all you beautiful people, it's your boy Hobart, happy Monday, April 5th, it's the start of a whole new week. And, uh, what is there to say, but, uh, I guess yesterday was Easter, I think it was the first Easter, I can tell I'm I'm getting older because, uh, I woke up yesterday and I didn't even remember it was Easter until I was like halfway through a barbecue lunch. And, uh, I think that's the first time in my life that that's happened, you know, when growing up, I swear Easter was almost like a second Christmas or or maybe a better, a better analogy would be like, like a smaller Christmas mixed with Halloween. It, It, uh, you know, our mom used to make these epic baskets for me and my brother and we'd wake up in the morning super excited and we'd like run into the living room and there'd just be these like beautiful baskets filled with all sorts of chocolates and chocolate bunnies and eggs and it was like this exciting thing in the morning you know how candy is when you're little um i think the rule was we would have to eat breakfast first but then we could dive into the eating candy and man i just remember how like I swear, eating candy used to be, like, just, like, an activity into itself in this way, whereas, like, as a kid, I would be just fine just, like, sitting there and eating chocolate as, you know, with nothing else going on. Like, that was just the activity. Um, I feel like these days I snack while I'm doing something else, but, uh, but it was great. Um, yesterday, though, pretty mundane, but uh, but, you know, life is good just chugging along um yeah my guest today first of all we had a lot of good feedback from the serial episode thank you to all of you who reached out with your picks and with your favorites with your agreements and your disagreements and um still getting messages from people that are like uh you know wanting to let me know what their what their picks are and um a couple different cereals and, and you know what the new world of cereals looks like, what the shelf looks like today. That was a really fun episode. I think the Chone had a blast and uh and I'd like to do more of them in the future because those ones are super fun. Um all that being said, today my guest is a very special person. Um she is one of the most genuinely talented people I've ever met in my short time on this planet. Uh, her name is Amethyst Star, and she is an artist, and she makes really good sounds with her voice, and uh, a master air mover in in all the ways. Um, I met Amethyst years ago, when, you know, when I was first living out here in the East Bay, my brother tony was playing in um he got asked to play in this you know r&b band and uh i went to see them a couple times at penrose restaurant here in in oakland and uh there was this just amazing singer in the group it was her band amethyst stars band and uh my brother played guitar a little bit and then, uh, played some organ for a short period. Uh, but they just, you know, I was just always taken away by how clear and powerful her voice was. And she was just this really sweet, sweet person. And, um, later when I, you know, was hanging out with my buddy, shout out Lesh, um, the two of them were in a relationship together that, that's many years. So I got to know her a little better. And then more recently, uh, even better and gotten a more like multi hued perspective, even though uh a couple years ago Amethyst moved she grew up here in Oakland, but she moved to New Orleans where she now lives. Um but I got to go visit her a couple Halloweens ago and had a blast out there. And um I've been wanting to get her on and such is the way with these things. Sometimes, you know, someone hears one of your episodes and they reach you, you know, you reach out about it and you start the conversation and it's just like, Hey, you want to come on? Let's do a podcast. All right. You know? So, uh, she was awesome. It was like such a joy getting to talk to her and, uh, getting to, you know, get into the mind of this really powerful artist who's working on her first album. Um, and it's just interesting how things change. I think like, if you had asked me a couple years ago, you know, uh, that I, you know, if you would told me that I was going to do something like this, I think I would have been really intimidated to have this person on my podcast. Cause I just have so much respect for her and her art and for, a, you know, a lot of the years I've known her, she's kind of been this like heroic figure, almost, almost like, a a demigod of sorts um that i would have been nervous to talk to or to to have on my program and uh it's just uh it's funny how things change as you as you grow and you learn and you definitely get more uh you know you get to know people more the 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 glamour the the early um I don't want to say facade because that sounds like a negative thing. It's not, but like the early, your first impressions of, it, it, you just start to see the humanity in people and it gets easier to connect. And I was definitely intimidated by this person at first. Not not that she's intimidating, but just because I was in awe of, of her talent and her beauty and her just character. You know, she was a, kind of a, I always thought of her as kind of a a big deal in the Oakland music community. So I'm excited to have her on. Um, she's, I, I love this person and, and we've become good friends and she's someone that I really enjoy connecting with. And I'm so excited that she's putting out some of her music um, and, and, and really, you know, taking these steps into exploring that side of her art. And we def- we definitely dive into that. We dive into the process. We talk a bunch of philosophy we uh we, we talk Lord of the Rings lore, give some takes, and uh, you know, as as with a lot of my guests on here, you know what I try to do on this podcast is is take the little thing about someone that you know for the people the guests that I know better. Often I'm trying to, you know, I know why why I like Amethyster. I know what interests me about her, and and my goal with this show was to was to take that thing and try to um express it to my audience to you guys to you listeners and hopefully you got a a glimpse into the things about this person that i really care about and that i really appreciate um because that's what the art is all about so um all that being said Uh, I had a lot of lot of fun on this, and um, was really good connecting with Amethyst. I'm really honored and touched that she came on my show. Uh, So, without further ado, let me introduce to you Miss Amethyst Star on this episode 29 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you! What a surprise! with a star
1: hello hello what's up happy wednesday
0: welcome to the Bartcast, my dear
1: wow i'm excited to be here
0: i'm excited to have you it's it's not every day we get a get an a-lister on the in the studio with us remotely oh my goodness
1: (laughs) does that mean my name starts with an a
0: exactly a-lister yeah (laughs) I'm, we're doing a gemstone month, so, you know, got to do it alphabetically, amethyst. Mm. Um, yeah, I just listened to a bunch of your music and it put me in a really good mood. Yeah? Yeah, I was like getting prepped, setting up my mic, getting my computer configured and uh, feeling a little bit closer, you know? just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit it's, it's interesting i listened to your the vi- the version you sent me today and then i went back and listened to the uh the one that you have on your soundcloud just to compare and contrast and uh it was cool it was like a cool it's completely different it is it's different i don't uh, think
1: there's a single thing that's the same
0: except maybe the lyrics
1: <laughs> yeah the lyrics but like all the instrumentation and vocals and even the arrangement is
0: is slightly different. Totally, yeah. The backups sound. It sounds like there's some. You have some masculine backup harmonies going on that.
1: We did have a male-bodied person come in and do some vocals, and Kirkland Green. He sounded great. Mm-hmm. He just came in and like nailed it. Nice on the spot.
0: Yeah. What's uh? What's you? You were telling me before we started that uh, that you've been you had like a brief moment of sunshine. In in, for those that 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 don't know, your Amethyst is coming to us live from New Orleans. Um, But that is it. Has it started raining there again?
1: It's looking ominous. It's pretty gray. It rained for twenty hours straight. It started at like one PM yesterday. It didn't stop till probably like nine in the morning. Damn. And that was intense. And then there was like this moment of sunshine, and all the neighbors came out and we did some like crafts and hair dyeing and table staining. And and now we're getting ready to hunker down again. I don't know how long it's gonna rain for.
0: Taking full advantage of the window. It was great. What's your, so, what's your favorite like rain, rain time activity? Like when it's when you, when nature gives you a pass on the day and you're like, hey, Ugh. I get to be cozy today.
1: Well, what? I'm struggling with that because it rains so often here that like you can't <laughs> just have a pass on the day all the time, you know, like you have to try and like do something. Um,
0: it's not like us Oaklanders that can just. Oh, we have three hundred days of sunshine, so we can take a day yeah. off when the rainfalls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um Well, what are you doing uh, today? To, to to take advantage of your rainy rainy time.
1: Um, I went out and played some guitar on the porch this morning. That was nice. Um, and I even played some piano today too. I pulled out some of the I have this book of Italian art songs. Mm. Um, so I was like, fuck, I'm going to do some sight reading just to see if I still got it.
0: Hell yeah. And what's the verdict?
1: Um, T- TVD. TVD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure.
0: Hell yeah. Italian art songs. I don't know, even know what that would sound like.
1: You know, like they're just like pretty standard classical voice mm. songs. And, Caro um, ben, you know,
0: you know that one? I don't know if I do. Oh. Maybe if okay. you hum a few bars, I might might pick it up, but uh not sure. It's like, Caro ben, credi
1: mia senza shale
0: core you know that one yeah i know that one <laughs> totally that was beautiful i i suddenly felt like i was in a you know the start of a disney movie and there was like i was looking for the uh the birds to come bring me my bonnet or my cloak or whatever you know
1: you'd look cute in a bonnet <laughs> get you like i think it have to be like velvet blue
0: Ooh, bonnet okay Blue I think bonnet. That would be, yeah. I could rock that. Or like a purple, maybe. Like a deep
1: purple. It's your world. Might Whatever as well lean into
0: it, it if I'm gonna be wearing a bonnet, right? <laughs> or like a mold, like a tie dye one would be pretty sick too. Tie
1: dye bonnet? Yeah. Whoa.
0: Where where does a bonnet become like a cloak? <laughs> I didn't
1: even know how to begin to answer that.
0: This whole, like, you know, like, the other day I was trying to, like, you know, decipher the difference between, like, a shawl and a shrift and a stole, you know, like, where does one become, you know, are these all just different lengths, Mm. In the in the spectrum of medieval finery? Mm. Where, Where do these, uh... You know, I read a lot of fantasy books, so I'm always reading these words, but I'm not sure, like, the differences between such, you know?
1: Hmm. A shrift, huh? Yeah. I'm the wrong person <laughs> to ask.
0: That's a, That'd be a good name for a band, though, like Amethyst Star and the Shrifters.
1: <laughs> Just shrifting on by.
0: Sh- shrifting and drifting. <laughs> The, uh, do you still, are you still doing Do you still do solfege? You still mess with that stuff? Nah. You're in a post-solfege era? I'm
1: post-solfege. I kind of been getting away from some of these classical, Mm -hmm. uh, techniques and things and trying to just see what other ways of relating to music and sound Mm -hmm. are out there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like feel like it's akin to uh like growing up doing like those like super generic pe exercises like the crazy eights and you know cherry then, pickers yeah and then you like get to a certain age and you're like yoga you know
1: <laughs> right like some kind of flow you know mm-hmm.
0: shit well, gets boring pull my voice in different directions and the uh I was just talking to my new roommate Craig. Shout out Craig Berletti. We just moved. Craig, in. yeah. Yay. And we were Mr. talking. Craig. Yeah, we were talking last night about uh, me and him and Tony. we were talking about just all the different kinds of piano tunings there are, and the process of choosing, like how to tune a piano. And it's not, you know, how we might one might envision it. It's not as straightforward as it sounds, and um. You know, they started getting really musical, nerdy about it, and I just wanted to watch the Warriors game, so I moved (laughs) to the other side of the couch, but I caught snippets here and there, you know.
1: What did you absorb?
0: Just that, like, throughout history, there's been different kinds of, like, tuning, you know, where, like, if you want to try to tune every interval, like, like, even, versus, like, making sure that, like, thirds and fifths are, like, really like kind of symmetrical to make mm-hmm. like, chords sound better or like, uh, I guess like was it uh Beethoven was like to like using certain tunings that would be easier for accompaniment with like singers and string players. And um, you know, it's all sacred geometry to me, you know? But,
1: yes. Uh, I've been so into sacred geometry lately. Yeah. Yeah, and just the idea of like repeating these really rudimentary shapes mm. like a um, bajillion times to create like something that's much larger than the shape itself. It's mm. just like really cool.
0: Some some synergistic shaping.
1: Yes. Yeah, like you can do so much with a triangle.
0: Right. What's mm-hmm. uh what's what's one thing that you have noticed about a triangle that people might not immediately assume you can do with one?
1: Oh, wow.
0: Not to put you well, on the spot.
1: I, I'm on the spot. It's a high-stakes so. conversation here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, well, I recently started working at a pizza place what? around the corner from my house, and I did a chalk mural, and I realized that pizza is straight up sacred geometry like in every way it's like the circle within you know triangles within a circle and then you can put that in the box the pizza box and then it's Mm -hmm. like the circle within the square and so i guess something you can do with a triangle is you can eat it
0: you're right there you there you eat the triangle it's delicious make it it into a trapezoid or whatever you know yeah and Um, uh and let's not forget the slices of pepperoni that are the circle within the triangle, within the circle, within the square. Circle within the square, yes. You know, ad infinitum. The, uh, uh, that's pretty awesome. I, 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 I can't help but think, like, as a singer, like, you're working with a sacred geometry, like, constantly because you're, like, bending your vocal cords into different shapes. And, you know, I know in, like, the little amount of, like, vocal osmosis training that like my brother's been taking these lessons and singing and like trying to explain what he learns to me and it's like there's such a there's like this space where like everything can kind of line up in your throat and then suddenly you get like a clear tone or i don't not that i've ever known what that feels like but you know there's definitely been brief moments where like my voice works as you know as i think it maybe it could <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think we just all live for those moments yeah. of, like, ooh, this is working. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, the voice is so, um, it's just, like, so it gets uh, responsive to the environment, you know. And when your body is your instrument, you you have a different body every single day, you know. So, like, so in a way, I wouldn't really, like, I feel like geometry is, like, geometry is geometry, but, like, the voice and the body is, like, this ever-shifting, like, cause-and-effect kind of feelings-based instrument. You know what I mean? And, mm. um, you know, like, if you sleep with the heater on, you're going to have a different voice than if you're, like, you know, slept in, like, a nice humid spot. and Or if you, like, drank the night before, mm. you know, and it's dry, then just like any little thing can change completely change the instrument and the way that the tissue like feels you know and
0: resonates
1: it's pretty frustrating honestly (laughs) there's no like formula
0: right I know I told myself for years when I was such a big stoner you know I'm not damaging my voice I'm just tempering it you know (laughs) because I love Otis Redding you know I'm just trying to get that that grit on my on my vocal cords and then you know
1: You've been singing Otis Redding, Huh? You've been singing Otis Redding.
0: Well, in my 20s, I used to, like, walk around San Francisco before I had a car, and I would just sing all the time when I was walking, and uh, I was just really into, like, Otis and Al Green, and, you know, that was just, like, I was also smoking a lot of weed, and I was like, you know, that was kind of my rationalization, you know, which... I I like what you said about it being a feelings-based instrument because it makes me think about, you know, as we continue to try to like change the language that we, that we use when we're defining things and to seek power by changing those definitions, you know, it would, it would stand to reason that, um, you know, as a singer being able to like have a more colorful vocabulary to describe you know, the state of your voice rather than it just being like, oh, my voice is like fucked up or my voice is like, you know, damaged or unhealthy. And like, like you were saying, like, if you sleep with the heater on, well, it's going to sound different. A lot of people would be like, oh, that ruins my voice, you know, but like mm-hmm. taking that like duality out of it of, of needing to judge it in a positive or negative light. I'm sure yeah, there's...
1: I I really see that stuff come up when I give voice lessons. Um you know, because people are trying to access, like, a dimension that's kind of like what you're saying outside of what our language really provides in terms of, like, describing what you're experiencing, and I see people get really frustrated, and and they get really emotional, Mm -hmm. you know, like, everyone cries, all my students cry. (laughs)
0: Um, Is that part of your your promotional material? It is, I wouldn't write
1: that on my website, (laughs) but, like, I had this student recently. This, um, this guy, and you know, I, he was my engineer for um, my album that I'm working on. Mm. And he came to get some voice lessons, and you know, he had an idea of what he wanted to try. And I was like, let's try it. And I was like, I just want you to know, all my students cry and by the second lesson at the end i'm just like holding him like and rubbing his back as he's like crying he's like i don't know why this is happening i was like i do (laughs) it's because you when you try to explore these these like realms of the like the inner workings of your body like they don't necessarily fit into the structures of like how we understand things you know what i mean yeah or we've been taught to fit things into a certain way and and the voice kind of comes from the other side. It's mm. the voice it's the sound of the spirit, you know. That's so
0: real. I know, I feel I get this image when I think about singing and when I see people singing almost like uh when you sing it's like there's this projection of like your true form that mm-hmm. like comes out in front of you and that's why it's such a vulnerable thing for people to like it's like there's no hiding the you in your singing like that it, it it's literally like you like the most you that you're putting out there and i think that it makes a lot of sense that people would have uh you know really emotional experiences because you're like you're represent you know you're you're like almost the, this image of like a this kind of like spectral genie like cre- you know shape coming out of someone's chest up on stage in like a night you know, like a lounge singing and you're like almost building this like cloud of your persona. And depending on the sounds that you're making, it can look at a bunch of different ways. And, uh, you know, it is funny mm-hmm. how like s- certain people can sing and something about the, whatever it is, the sacred geometry, if you will, like it can be like really hard to listen to. Like it can really like stimulate feelings of agitation or, you know, discomfort in the listener and, and vice versa. There's people that can just like sing and, and suddenly like your body's tingling and you're like having a transcendental mm. experience. And
1: uh, yeah. And, and with voice, there's a place for both, right. you know, like sometimes we need to be disturbed, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, you know, we need to just disturb this happy self that's like contented with, The comfort of things I don't know yeah and and see what else so like yeah it's it's cool the range of things you can do with this instrument
0: for sure right and the idea that like in this culture that we live in and I think you know coming from this like more Eurocentric uh culture that's like has this performer audience dynamic that's built into it um You know, in in this culture, we tend to think many people tend to think that, like, if you can't sing to a performance level, whatever that means, uh, then you have no place in doing it. You know, and and you look at other cultures that have also influenced, you know, the American culture, uh, you know, some would argue even more so. And they're coming from cultures where everyone's like, no, no, no I eat, I dance, I sing. Like, right. what do you mean you don't sing? Everybody sings. You know,
1: like... been, it's an extension of your humanity right. to sing That's and to I dance agree. and to create.
0: Yeah. It's your birthright, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, like, even as a person who has pursued singing most of my life, like, people always ask, like, oh, are you going to go on American Idol? <laughs> or or are you, are you trying to get famous? I'm like, no, I'm trying to express myself. Like mm-hmm. there's no purpose outside of that. Right. You know, like anything else is like a byproduct of that journey, but like really I'm just trying to like be human, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, that always got on my nerves. I'm like, what is as American Idol like somehow now become like the the whole point of singing? <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that's interesting that that's what, like, what that symbol is for a lot of people that that's kind of like the, like the, um, like the, the end result of trying (laughs) at something, you know, like, that's kind of like the, the end all target. Yeah,
1: you'll stand in front of this panel of qualified judges and the country will vote for you because you are the best.
0: Right. (laughs) <laughs> I know that show always cracked me up cuz like the famous judge being that dude Simon, you know? And he was like, right. known as being the asshole and then like I saw him do like a truck commercial and he's singing and I'm like, "Man, that guy's voice sucks." You
1: know? <laughs> like, right.
0: He, I'm sure he's got talent, but like just they had built him up to be like the like master judge. So then I saw him and I had a much more critical eye and I was like, man you like this is what you're bringing and you're you
1: know, like... he's not the master singer he's the master judge
0: right that's like his so, Yeah, that's yeah. His archetypal role uh, uh-huh. well i'm curious you know if if you feel like it maybe i kind of wanted to get a little bit of your backstory if if it's something that you feel comfortable sharing like i've heard you know like so many of my friends you know you learn about the people in your life Word by word of mouth, I've I've heard like parts of your story from others, but I don't think I've ever like actually gotten it from from your own lips. And I'm wondering, like, if oh, what have
1: you heard? Oh my gosh, just like that you, yeah. I mean, just
0: (laughs) yeah. What have I heard? Let me. (laughs) Don't
1: want to get nobody in trouble. Word
0: on the street is um, (laughs) just. I wanted to talk a little bit about as as I'm trying to like give you know I have a very. Uh, multi-textured and specific you know a uh, series of symbols and feelings that represents amethyst as a person in my heart but i wanted wow. to to give my audience and listeners who may not be familiar you know some context and understanding like who you are and what your story is and what your process is i was thinking maybe uh we could talk a little bit about like how you got started singing, or how that came into your life, and what what uh those early years were like and and uh you know that you kinda of, kind of the launching of this ship that you're sailing on now, if you will,
1: wow, um yeah, well, who I am is very much still a bourning, mm-hmm. but um as far as where I'm coming from um i I think I was always singing like a group and family where we were always listening to music. And, and my older sister, Crystal was like always my music partner. And we were just always making sounds together. And like, we would do this weird thing where we would go into the shower Mm. where it was all echoey Mm. and close the door and just scream. Mm. And we could hear like the overtones of how the two, like, high pitch frequencies like went together and it creates this really strange like phenomena you'll have to try it out to know what i'm talking about but like
0: the, like the ghost frequency is that what you're talking about like it that just when makes it creates, like, th- like that third overtone or whatever
1: yeah it makes this crazy other voicing this other sound hmm. w- when two high-pitched screams come together i don't know but we discovered that that was a thing and it was super fascinating but like so I think, you know, within my family, we were always very musical. We used to irritate my mom so bad by, like, um, you know, she would tell us to go, like, go, go clean up your room or something. And we would just drop a beat and be like, go clean up your room. Yeah. And just, like, make a whole song. And she'd just be like, oh, my fucking God. Like, can y'all just do what I'm asking you to do? Like... But um, so that was kind of the environment that I was came up in, but um I started singing classical choral music with the San Francisco girls chorus, Um which is like a nonprofit kind of it's its own organization. It's mm-hmm. pretty much a school for girls to study voice. And I started that when I was seven years old and is pretty a much
0: se- secular organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay
1: although all that choral music and mm-hmm. a lot of classical music is rooted in like, you know, the Roman Catholic church and, mm-hmm. and the traditions that they set up and all of that. But yeah, it was secular, um, very academic, very strict, just like, you know, kind of thing. And and I did that until I was 22. Wow. Um, and yeah, I learned, you know, music theory and, vocal technique and we recorded um albums we did symphonies we went on tour all around the world I went to China and South Korea with them and um just some really cool stuff for kids to be getting the experience I feel like I, I grew up very quickly because of that you know it was a lot of responsibility um and that was great I learned a lot I also sang, like, in church. I had a really good friend, and her mom um, ran the kids, you know, music program, and so we got to do all kind of fun stuff. I did musical theater also growing up, and especially in high school, and um, I was Maria in West Side Story. Oh, really? I was the understudy, but uh-huh. I did get to do several shows nice. as Maria and that you know, that's a big one. Yeah. Um I had to learn how to dance and all kind of stuff. Um also I did Once on This Island, which is like a cute little musical I think it's about Haiti. Interesting. Um but I did that after high school with um, willow's theater company and i also in my senior year of high school i was the narrator in joseph and the technicolor dream coat which i don't know if you've seen that musical it's pretty cheesy yeah but like the narrator's role is like i'm singing everything that happens the Ooh. entire hour and a half so it was wow. like 13 songs back to back that, that i had to do and so
0: jesus that was a thing. Christ, i always mix it up with jesus christ superstar <laughs> Cause I I I think I, I've, I've only experienced that through the infomercial that has all the different like, uh like, religious uh, musicals on it. So it's like Jesus Christ Superstar, Joseph in the Telenko, yeah, teleco- Dreamcoat. Mm-hmm. There's like a couple other ones I think. Um, that's awesome. Did did uh, like, I'm curious when you were because you you were singing with this group, you know, throughout you know, your childhood and through puberty as well. Like did your voice change as you went through puberty? Was that something that was like a difficult thing to have to go through? Because I know like when I was in middle school in 7th grade, I was Danny and Greece, and that was a uh-huh. horror show trying to sing all those songs with my voice, you know. Summer loving. Yeah. It's going up and down
1: all around. <laughs> No, I don't think that's um, that's not quite as much of a thing for female bodied people. Okay, just like the hormones are a little different. So I didn't have a drastic change. And I was always a a first soprano
0: pretty much my whole life. Gotcha. Um, Is that and is that our first sopranos? Is that mostly the melody line? uh a
1: lot of the times it's the melody or it'll be like the high descant. I was just the one singing the ridiculously high notes that just float above mm. all the other stuff for no reason. It's like why is anyone even singing that high? <laughs> but I loved it. I love that's like one of my favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after high school, I went um I lived abroad just for six months, but I lived in England and then I came back and went to massage school. But like in that time, I kind of like stopped singing, you know, I was just like in a new place and and I lost my entire high range, Mm. Um, you know, because these things are like really particular muscles. It's a very particular technique. And if you're not using it, like you're going to lose it no one's talking that high you're not using that part of your voice and so like that freaked me out so hard and it's taken me like many years to like build that musculature back up and do it in an adult way like I would say now more so than like in puberty like I feel like my voice is taken into adulthood to like now relearn all these things like I'm not a kid anymore I'm um I'm an adult and I don't need to sing like a little chorister anymore so what does that mean you know Mm -hmm. so it's been this whole journey it's been confusing and painful at times a lot for a lot of the reasons like we were saying like your voice is your authentic expression and it's your spiritual expression and also like It's just like invisible, you know, you can look at a piano and see all the keys laid out and you press an A and it's always going to be an A, but like your voice changes dependent on how the muscles are shaped, which is dependent on like everything in your environment, you know, so it's been a long journey the last 10 years to to now becoming a solo, a soloist. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's where I am now. Yeah, now you're
0: not only a soloist but a recording artist to boot.
1: Yes, I'm recording I've been recording my first solo album.
0: That's awesome.
1: Hopefully to be released sometime this summer. We're in the mixing process now.
0: Does it have a name yet?
1: It's called Open.
0: Open. (laughs)
1: Open. Yes.
0: What where did that name come from?
1: Um, I love these little simple words, like part of this practice that I've been doing of like unlocking, you know, letting go of those rigid forms of being a vocalist and using my voice and trying to explore sound. And it's like really rudimentary forms. I went all the way back to thinking about like most of humanity has been mostly nonverbal. There's been no written language. There wasn't really a lot of talking. I believe they had a lot of other ways of communicating that we are cut off from because mm. we're so linear, right. and we're you know. Um, but um, I started thinking about these really simple words that you know were used only as like um, spells. You know, like language was kind of only brought into worship. And to like tap into like um you know, other dimensions internally. And a lot of words just started coming to me when I opened up these really simple like two syllable words like allow or open or you know there's a couple other that I, I can't think of, but mm-hmm. like recall that you can kind of <laughs> recall. <laughs> yeah. Um but you can get into a groove with them, you know
0: mm-hmm. you can go
1: you can send yourself into a trance with these really simple words, and each vowel has like a whole feeling to it, you know oh ah, hmm, like these really um basic- sounds these are all my ideas that I've collected. I don't know if they're like real to anyone else, but like. <laughs> um i've used a lot of them to like go into trance states and go into places of deep meditation to access healing to access wholeness and open has been one of those and i feel like i've been in the process of opening and opening past you know like we have things that we believe because we absorbed them because they were what was around and then we have beliefs that we we decide for ourselves through like self-inquiry through curiosity and honesty and authenticity and and those are the truths those are our real truths and um yeah this album reflects a long journey of asking over and over like who am i you know and allowing myself to open to other ideas outside of maybe what i thought i i was and that's been really cool and so that's the name
0: that's awesome i'm i'm (laughs) open to hearing it at some point um i hope you will (laughs) hoping uh yeah i'm hoping (laughs) to hear it um yeah it's it's really interesting like you know i've been for the last year really uh campaigning to get my brother to start to do what you're doing right now and you know tony's written like about like 20 like really amazing beautiful songs over the last couple years and we've had so many conversations about it and i think that from you know maybe his words will resonate with you maybe not but what he's told me about his process is just that like making this album making an album to him feels like such a huge statement of like who he is it's like this representative symbol that people can can look to when they're trying to like think about you as an artist or define what you are i know that he feels at times a lot of uh like there's a lot of uncertainty around him as an artist because he hasn't published anything or he doesn't have anything like laid down uh as a statement of, of his artistic expression and i'm mm-hmm. curious if if you know in setting about to create this your first album like if any of those themes came up for you like you know mm-hmm. how how does it weigh you know knowing that this is going to be like a this will be this like flag that you raise that that is like a representative symbol for for you know amethyst the creator curious if that's like affected your process or
1: yeah yeah mhm um in the beginning, I kind of tried to think of it that way, as I tend to do, like, to see this big thing, like, this has to mean something, you know? This mm-hmm. has to be, like, there has to be an idea and a statement, and, and, and that was super overwhelming. That mm-hmm. was just, like, you know, very intimidating. It gave me a lot of anxiety. Like, I have to tell people, like, who I am like in with this one thing. And, and the advice that I got was like, don't do that. Don't even do that.
0: (laughs) Kind of seems like you're putting the cart before the horse, you know?
1: Yeah. Don't go about it that way. Just start and, and allow, allow, here we go. Another one of these words, like Mm -hmm. allow the, you know, allow it to be revealed to you. Like, there's something to be said for, like, the mystery of things. I think, again, the way that we're wired in Western thought is to tell things what they are, you know, and then make them happen. You know, we're going to set an agenda, and we're going to hear all the different categories, and then we're going to execute it, and then we're going to succeed, and then that's productivity. But, like, there's a more feminine, I guess, way of going about things that allows for some mystery, you know, which is really exciting and like arousing and and, and frustrating too, because you're uncertain, but like all of that's going to go into the process and it's going to become something. And then it will reveal to you who you are and what it is. And so I had to just kind of let go and just start, start with these small things and start with songs that I already had um and it's taken up until like the last moment to get all the recording done like not like it's like to this day like still picking like okay maybe this is going to be in there maybe it's not maybe this song's going to have viola maybe it's not and especially the, with the way the 2020 unfolded mm-hmm. you know we didn't know who was in town we didn't know like who was even, like, I had friends that just decided that they weren't going to play music anymore. And I'm like, wait a minute, but you know, all my songs, and I've been playing with you for a whole year. And like, right. now you're just not going to be on the album. And I just had to run with it and and, and see what was what and that's kind of where I am now. And, and now I get to kind of bask in the ecstasy of seeing what has become and it's just, just a surprise to me as it is to anyone else. And and embrace it. And so, yeah, that was my way of going about this album.
0: Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. You know, what you just said. And I think that that, um, that approach that you described, um, you know, I think you use the word feminine to describe it, which is, which is interesting to me because it's like, as I've been, doing something similar in my own creative path, I feel like there's been a, I I've felt like called to a sim there, to a similarity in my process where like when I try to, excuse me, when I try to align my workflow along this kind of like linear, uh, you know, uh, unidirectional kind of uh, packaged production sphere or run (laughs) Uh, a lot of times I end up getting hitting blocks pretty quick Mm -hmm. and there's like some sort of internal resistance I I think like a lot of the work I've been doing lately is with my internal manager Um, the voice in me that's like we need to get to work we need to like make something happen and because my models growing up that that energy was always kind of attached to like negative emotions uh i react negatively a lot of times when i'm trying to like uh to manage myself and Mm -hmm. and i found that a more there is like a more kind of nebulous uh process that's harder to like pin down in in these in this linear way uh you know, that seems to evolve where like, if I can give myself the space to surrender to my own process and let things happen, it's kind of like, there's these islands of like intense productivity that result where I actually do really get a lot done, but I have to like learn to, to kind of mulch my creativity to like churn this soil and like, Rather than like planting all my seeds in neat rows and watering them at 3 p.m. every afternoon and giving them, using my measuring spoon for the nitrogen and the potassium and all my supplements, like I kind of have to just like throw the seeds in the wind and like see what lands in the soil and, uh, yeah, and trust the genius of nature. Right. You know, I think about this, I've been working on this music video for this band and, been a couple months and there's been like you know they've been like really flexible about like a deadline and uh i had a talk a couple weeks ago and they're like hey we would like we'd like to get the video by the end of the month and i was like okay like i've already done a fair amount of work but i have a lot left to do and Mm -hmm. and i was able to kind of not play go into that that game of like needing to feel like i was managing myself and then like Sure enough, like on Monday this week, I just like sat down and allowed myself to, to like get into the flow and mm-hmm. I powered out like a ton of work on it. And I ended up feeling really good and like, I was like, oh, there is some, there is some wisdom here to this approach. Uh, it's not, it's, it's hard to interface always with like uh, the more uh, linear minded, you know, for lack of a better term when you need to work organize things into someone's you know kind of chart or grid but
1: yeah you definitely have to stick up for yourself like you know um in that because people are going to try to be like but this has to be done you have to be like but does it really have to be done <laughs> you know what i mean like what actually has to be done like we have to eat you know we have to sleep, we have to make money to a certain extent, but like where are the things where we just actually have to do them, and then where there's room, and there's a lot more spaciousness to our lives than we've been taught to believe, you know for sure, mm-hmm. and so like I like definitely the people you know I'm doing this um. Album through uh, artist residency that I got with the embassy studios here in New Orleans and Mm. they're super great and they go about things in the approach where like every project has different needs like they pick nine different artists and and there's no specific rules for any of them like because I know that everyone has special needs and, and my special need has been a lot of space. A lot of space where I'm pushing things to the very wire you know what I mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 now they're kind of getting to understand like how I am so like a couple weeks before they'll be like hey you know this thing is happening this video shoot is happening and you're gonna have to pick a song like and so they're just like kind of poking at me yeah to make sure that I'm on it because they know that I'll just like flow down into the ether and like I'll I'll say that exact thing to them I'm like well the answers are still in the ether so I'm not that i can't do anything about it you know -hmm. and that's exactly how it is like that is totally reasonable Mm -hmm. you know the answers are not up to me and i think you know art is channeled through us so like i don't have a say as as much as anyone else does about when these things will be ready
0: yeah it really is a it, it really is an important facet of that development to be able to have confidence in spite of that fact. Right. Like to be able to like, cause that's always, I think when, when, when money comes into the play or when people are counting on you to produce some art, it's always like, okay, like you have your process, but like as the artist, it's like when there's a degree of uncertainty, um, it's kind of like this muscle to work, to, to be able to remain confident in yourself and in, and in the end result even though there can be so much uncertainty in your process yeah
1: you know like i was absolutely
0: i was talking to to our buddy lesh about it the other night just that and maybe i was maybe i brought this up with you too but just this concept of like as an artist um you know we're all we're we're trying to design our own our own workflow because we don't have a structure like, like, like an institution might be able to provide, you know, where it's like, you know, uh, what are my metrics? How do I feel successful? What is my definition of that? And I think that when you have experienced some sort of material success as an artist, society is willing to grant you more eccentricities. Right. Um, And so when you're not, when you're not at a place yet, in your development, you know, whether that's one of your goals or not, whether material success is even what you're aiming for. But like, let's say that you are, or, um, if you're not experiencing it, you know, then for me, like what I'm working with right now is like, how do I grant myself my own eccentricities in the meantime? Because it's not really something that anyone really can give me. It's like, I need to claim that for myself and, uh, and, and be able to, hold space for it and put boundaries up around it so that when I do interact with people with different styles and workflows and understandings, like I can communicate that and it'll translate, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. And it's just trial, you know, just Mm -hmm. try it out (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, sometimes I need, I need my ass handed to me, Mm -hmm. you know, I need this more like masculine kind of, linear thing to Mm -hmm. come in and be like all right enough's enough you know like you're never going to get to the bottom of the feelings so Mm -hmm. like right now we need to make a decision
0: right right.
1: (laughs) so like you know you need both
0: Mm -hmm. within
1: reason I just think because we're so heavy on one side right um that you have to kind of fight to be more kind of the other way
0: and but to, um in, in seeking balance you kind of have to like compensate for a society that's unbalanced already
1: yeah yeah so that's been my process with it and and just honestly like um being curious like I was saying self inquiry and just being mm-hmm. interested like what is my creative process and how do I work best and what do I want to allow and what do I want that's what this whole album really is kind of about for me it's just like in all these different areas of my life like really just testing testing everything out kind of for the first time in a certain way you know I feel like they're very much as like an inner inner child inner teenager um who's who's learning a lot and and questioning and opening you
0: know and you're playing a lot of instruments on this album right it's not just singing like you you're doing all sorts of instrumentation in addition to that
1: yeah i mean i definitely want to do more i have so many things that i'd like to accomplish before i die like, pretty much, like, I want to do, like, a Prince-style album where, like, <laughs> I'm playing every single instrument. Or, like, Stevie, you know, we did a yeah, lot of that, too. Shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. But on this album, all the songs are my originals. Um, I love doing, like, composition and arrangement because of, like, my classical background. Like, there's definitely a little composer in me that hears a lot of things. And so I had very specific requests for like most of the people I had come in the, the artists that I had. It's like pretty much me dictating like, this is exactly what I want to so just do it.
0: Mm. Um, <laughs> so you <laughs> too wear, are wearing the masculine hat in some of these contexts, then, huh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's been a learning a learning lesson because some of these musicians come in and they're really good uh-huh. and i'm so grateful that they even want to be part of this project right. but you know they've got a lot of like uh achievement under their belt and um they can be kind of hard to wrangle and be mm. you know they don't really be told what to do and so like that was one big takeaway was like i don't i have to, if this is my project like i'm in charge
0: yeah
1: and like i don't care how good you are like you need to do what you're told, kind of
0: thing.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I learned that, and I'm gonna do that more. I think going forward, and and just be confident that that is my right. You know, mm-hmm. this is my vision. Yeah. And um, but I am playing guitar and doing all, a lot of vocals, a lot arranging like harmonies. I just hear like co- choirs in my head. So there's like thousands of me which is super fun for the mixing engineer mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah. Um I also played bass on nice. one of the songs a couple days after I got a bass. Nice. And I was like, okay, yeah. I can play bass now. So look out for that if you hear some chunky little funny bass where like notes are ringing out and mm-hmm. not muted. That's me.
0: Chunky. I like that. That's a good that's a good word.
1: Yeah. Some chunky bass. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it, but I just wanted to go for it, mm-hmm. you know, like, and just capture this moment of like, I manifested this base in my life for mm-hmm. free. Um. So here's the week I got my first base.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's like the, the, the rawest, the rawest base you could throw down.
1: Yeah raw is the perfect word for it which i kind of wanted for the track the track is ca- called caught up and it's just kind of sleazy and silly and i thought just some sleazy bass would be cool <laughs> for that i'm not taking anything too seriously here
0: mm-hmm. for that one yeah and that's you know i think that that's a great point that uh i think that you and my brother you need to have you need to give him a little sit down and give him a little pep talk I think that he does uh he puts a lot of pressure on himself with with his his art uh needing to be this big representative thing and I see it being like like this enormous uh weight that then gets attached to it and I'm always trying to tell yes. him like, Look, man, you only gotta make your first album once and then that's done and then the second album, you know, it won't feel as weighty, you know, it gets lighter each time, you know, and you know the the other thing i like to tell him is like you kind of as the artist like your music or your art is going to mean something to you but you don't get to really decide what it means for other people like like you know you might play a song um you know that that to you doesn't quite touch you in a certain way and then but but then you play it for someone and they might it might it might trigger like a range of emotions that Are super deep and important and meaningful like as the artist you're like kind of this conduit that's that's channeling this energy this kind of like cosmic you know energy through your body and you're putting it out through your character and through your personality and
1: yeah and then people get to be
0: inspired by it you know
1: and it really doesn't have anything to do with you
0: yeah yeah, there's, there's like, a great a,
1: per, a personal on a personal level like it's not even about you exactly <laughs> there,
0: there's there's a great uh there's a great j cole line i don't know if it's actually inverse but he's like doing an ad lib at a track and he's talking about um he's talking about how hard it is for him to get like um sample like when he wants to use like a sample uh and how, like, the record companies will just, like, won't give him the yes right away. And, you know, that's an argument into itself. But, like, what he makes this beautiful point, which he's, like, he says, uh, you've been inspired by the world. Now allow the world to be inspired by you, you know. And, like, almost as it's, like, the duty mm. of the artist to to make art because you wow you've like you know extracted so much meaning out of out of the world so it's kind of your duty as an artist to, to produce art why make art because you because people deserve to to be inspired by your creativity you know
1: wow i like that thanks for sharing
0: yeah thanks and
1: for sharing that
0: that's what i tell I try to tell my bro i'm like man you got these songs that like need to be heard by people like i want to hear them if nothing else selfishly like that stuff moves me, and like I know there's, yeah, there's people that could be helped, and that could that could really like it will touch people in these ways, and you know that I think that it's easy to feel, and
1: also that we don't have to hoard this stuff, right. you know, like we don't have to hoard creativity. It's this thing that flows always, and um, I'm really inspired by um women, the book "Women Who Run with the Wolves," um by Clarissa Pinkola Estes and she shares this story about a woman who lives by the lake and her, she carves these like wooden ducks and then she like, wind, and they have these like wind, what is that thing where you like wind them up on the backs
0: oh, like a, <laughs> um, uh, like a wind up doll or a yeah, wind up toy? and it's
1: a little duck and you hmm. wind it up and then it flies away And that's it. That's her whole life. There's no point beyond that. She just is constantly winding them up, letting them go, winding them up, letting them go. And that is, and there's something to that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing personal and there's really no end point in it that we're as creative people just meant to just wind these ducks up and release them forever. You know, but sometimes I think we try to hoard these things to give us value, you know?
0: Yeah, or you got to keep attaching ornaments to the outside of the duck to the point at which it can't take off, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I love that imagery so much. It really helps me.
0: Yeah, I love that too. That's beautiful. um, There are, you know, we do see these artists that are like, uh, like releasers, you know? (laughs) like I think like, for myself personally like this is i think this is like the 30th episode i've done of this podcast that we're doing right now congratulations oh thank you i'm i'm honored to to have you as as the big three zero um but like if i sat around and like tried to craft the perfect podcast i never would have made any you know because part of this art form is like that we're just having our conversation and that that there's going to be mistakes and hiccups and imperfections. And that like, like that's, that's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why this particular form of expression really like, you know, pardon the pun spoke to me, uh, because like, you know, it's like, it's these, these, every episode I do is its own thing. And it's, you know, while I do listen to them, before i put them out i've also toyed around with the idea of not and just putting them out you know and just letting them i don't don't edit any of these none of these are really edited it's just we throw it down and then i package it and i put it out and it seems to me like the more work that i put into refining it that's kind of like not what the art is if that makes sense like it should be raw um, in this context
1: Yeah, and again, I don't want to, like, you know, say that there's a right and a wrong way to do anything. Mm -hmm. I think just, like, we have to have this foundation that's kind of rooted in a free flow of things. And then the big ideas that need refining, you know, and that need pruning and all that, and they'll they'll come out of that. It's not the other way around. It's kind of, you know, more of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like because we are going to have these big projects where we're like, Whoa, I have this really big vision, and this is going to take a long amount of focus and kind of obsession and nitpicky, just tedious cutting and pruning and pasting and shaping." Like that's you know thing too, but you know it's secondary to just having this wealth of like movement, you know.
0: Right. I think. And the million little prerequisite prerequisite skills that you have to and little muscles you have to work, uh that, that are like tangential to whatever your stated purpose is, right? Like mm-hmm. I wanna make an album. You're like, Okay, I just gotta like play like learn how to play really good music. It's like, well, no, you also have to learn how to like communicate your ideas to other people and you have to learn how to like Manage your sleep, and you have to learn how to eat right. You got to learn how to—oh my god! Social yes. connections with the people that are going to empower you to do your art. You know, there's like a million prereqs, you know, before you can even get to the point of of putting putting it down. You know,
1: yeah, it's a, d- a direct extension of like your entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard, Hobie. Mm, it's hard. hard to make things. <laughs>
0: creativity is a full-time job
1: (laughs) oh yeah and i'm like where's my paycheck though because i'm working my ass off
0: yeah i mean that's that's a good question i'm
1: sitting here staring at the ceiling for like five hours a day thinking about life you know where's my paycheck
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's
1: someone's gotta do it
0: that's the great mystery right (laughs) <laughs> that and and that's that is like the you know that is I think the for a lot of people that choose this as a professional path that's like how do I do my art sustainably you know how do I get to a place with it where it is like a system that is supporting me you know that's always been something I've struggled with with when I you know because I'm not quite at the place yet where the art the different arts that I'm choosing to make my professional arts they're not they're not you know fully supporting me financially yet so it's like how do i find the work that doesn't drain me creatively you know when most work does so like you know that's always a balance that i feel like we all have to negotiate of like how much mundane work can i do i you know what's the work that i can do that has like the minimal amount of creative investment or or is like somehow uh, Synergistically feeding my creative process, to where, it you know I'm not, I'm not pooped by the time I actually get a chance to work on my art.
1: Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. How? Do so many you... questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, curiosity is key. Like that's, that's an important part of it. You know, as as we we're we're, we're like inquisitive minds. We're still learning as we do this and, and hopefully for the you know rest of our lives, we can keep that. Um, I'm curious how you go about navigating like your creative down cycles when you're, you know, those moments when you feel Oof. like just like nothing's in flow and you're questioning, you know, the fundamentals of everything. Like, like how do you, what's your process when you, when, when you can't, oh my goodness. Um, can't lock in?
1: That's a heavy question for me that's pretty heavy and um I'm like deep in trying to understand that myself and accept what it is but also like uncover and um reinstate you know my natural rhythms and cycles um because like I said you know I started taking music lessons very young as a lot of people do and especially with voice and my body being my instrument, like my ideas were not my own um, very early on. And, you know, it's like in the line of it, like in order to understand what's going on, like I'm having to like decolonize. I'm having to like really search. <laughs> and, and I have a lot of downtime. I have a lot of like spaces where there's numbness I have a lot of spaces where, like, yeah, just kind of, like, fall into places of, like, paralysis, you know, where I can't act. And it usually only comes up when it's things that I really care about. Mm. (laughs) So, like, uh, it's very frustrating. And, you know, I can talk a lot of talk about, like, everything that I've been talking about, about giving things space and giving things time. But it's because I have to constantly remind myself you know, that, um, it's okay to not know and it's okay, um, to not be good at something right away or ever. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, one story that I'll share that I've been trying to reteach myself um, again, is from the same book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. I would suggest that for any person, whether you identify as a woman or not, it's an incredible book about how to um, undomesticate, essentially, undomesticate your rhythms and so that you can create on a soul level and live and love on a soul level. Um, but she shares this story uh, called The Three Golden Hairs, And it kind of starts with this man, an old man, and he's, like, rugged and tired. And I love, like, uh, the idea of, like, exploring the psyche through story, storytelling Mm -hmm. and myths, because that's how human beings did it for a long time, out Mm -hmm. of wisdom, not out of, like, ignorance or not understanding science, as, like, some people will try to tell you. Um,
0: Yeah, I've always found that many of my truths come from books that are deemed fiction, and I have a lot harder time uh, gaining truths from like the nonfiction style of writing. Like a lot of a lot of fiction writers are like deve- are like delivering like really deep wisdom, like you know, packaged using this vehicle of of myth and legend and like fanciful wording. And that's a way that my brain can make meaning a lot easier than like the drier like. Names and dates and facts and figures, kind of style. Oh, yeah.
1: so boring.
0: <laughs> That's
1: the type of person I want to do like open heart surgery on me or something. But it's oh, not yeah? the type of person that I want to be telling me how to create. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I
0: thought you were saying that uh, the person that reads not that reads fiction should be doing open heart surgery. No, I'm definitely
1: like... <laughs> not. No, Toby, uh, you are not yeah, qualified no, to no do thanks. any kind of yeah. surgical.
0: No, 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 no.
1: I'm an yeah, intuitive
0: heart surgeon. I just, you know, I just let Gaia direct my blade. And I, I I like to do like six deep breaths once you're open. And I light some incense and I just I use an Ouija board to figure out which ventricle I need to cut. And then, uh, you know, oh, my God. Jaw provides, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Exactly um but what was my point of bringing that oh the three gold hairs yeah
0: tell me the story
1: okay i'll tell you the story um it starts with this old man and he's just exhausted and like beaten and down and he can barely move he's like struggling he's like the dead of night you know and he's like weed whacking to try and get to this cabin where there's a light in the window and he finally gets to the door and he stumbles through the door and he just falls like on the floor and there's an old woman there who picks him up and takes him over to her chair and and holds him in his arms and just rocks him begins rocking him and you know singing to him and you know br- brushing his hair with her fingertips and just patiently sits there and holds him and as the night goes on he becomes a little bit younger and like his cheeks get a little bit flushed with red and his hair is no longer gray now it's like blonde and shiny and and he's kind of like in his adult his adult form and then even more so he's like a young teenage boy as she continues to rock him and then you know he's down to like an infancy and when he's an infant he's like fresh and new and I'm not going to explain the story as beautifully as she does. But um, at that moment of his newness, um, she's able to pull three golden hairs off of his head. And, and at the moment that he's, you know, fresh and new, he, she opens the door and he flies up into the sky and he becomes the sun, the rising sun. And it's pretty much that's going to be his whole cycle again. By the end of the day, he's going to be this old man that's like, you know, can barely make it. And and through the process of this woman giving her attention to him and patience and rocking him until he's new again, like we have to do the same thing with our ideas and with our focus. That There's nothing wrong with like losing focus. And many of us are good at focusing that's not the problem it's like what do we do when we're not good at focusing you know we like freak out
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can't panic you know you can't panic and start doing the self-loathing thing and like who am i and i can't do get anything done you have to like just rock an idea until it's new again and i've been trying to live with that you know that there's nothing wrong with just sitting on the floor and just laying there you know and just being that's part of it you know I don't know. That's been really helpful for me
0: for sure. I definitely heard it when you first said three golden hairs, I was thinking of rabbits, but, uh, but that works for sure. Um, and what was, what was there something significant about the three golden hairs? Like, did she use those hairs for something or why did she pluck them? I'm curious.
1: I guess, let me try and remember. Um, What did she use the hair for? Like the hairs were something that she could use. I don't know if it specifies what she did with them, but it was like this gift that she was able to get Mm. from sitting with this being through their process.
0: That was what she used to floss her teeth after the sun went up. I wonder what she does with the hair. Cosmic hair floss.
1: Have you seen like you can make these little felt animals out of like pet hair? (laughs) <laughs> have you seen that no. it's so creepy you can yeah, like use yeah. your cat hair to make like a oh little God. miniature felt cat yeah, it's,
0: that's <laughs> such a pandemic thing <laughs> that's, <like such> a <laughs> that's, that's probably what she does with them she makes hair dolls of the sun hey there's a yeah. name for a book right there hair dolls of the sun mm. that's that's awesome it, that kind of there's something almost like Miyazakian about that story like i could see it being in like a miyazaki cartoon where you have this like old lady in a cabin and each day the sun goes down and comes to her cabin and then over the night she like rocks it back into radiance and youth yeah rises again you know that's uh that's beautiful i like that i'm gonna try to remember that when i uh when i start to get back into my down cycles and i need to Rock myself back into. Have the, you
1: read that book?
0: No, I have not. I've never heard of it.
1: I highly recommend it. It's been like helping me revitalize my entire life. Mm. Like, whew.
0: yeah. Feel the feels. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that. uh Did that answer the question? <laughs> you answered it beautifully. That was awesome it's it's that's like i feel like anytime i have well really anyone on here but especially when there's artists like i i'm always trying to like mine that information and build my mandala of meaning by like everybody's answers everyone's got like a little bit everyone's kind of saying the same thing differently uh and so it's i've been really realizing lately that I'm really good at understanding things in a rational way, but it doesn't really change how I think or feel until I can feel it in an experiential way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the therapy and a lot of the work, like I can sit in therapy for hours and talk about all my problems and never actually like change anything. Cause I'm like, it's like almost like a crutch, you know, like I, when things get tough, I'll just talk about it. Like that's what I do well, you know? And mm-hmm. so, Like, how do I get to, like, past, you know, my normal thinking brain to, like, the deep feeling zones? And often, like, if I can, it's so efficient when I can get into that space and actually, like, take one of these truths and, like, feel the truth in it and experience it as a feeling. uh, That actually ends up being, like, more efficient in the long run in terms of affecting real change in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but, yeah, and, totally. And, you know, That's so how it, we learn everything the first time, right? Exactly. Yeah, and and how do we? You know, my schedule doesn't always lot for a five gram hero's dose of mushrooms. So how do I? How do I build that into a, a more, uh, you know, natural or more? You know, or maybe it should. Maybe I should have a schedule that allows for that. I don't know. You know, like, if you can. <laughs> If you can, you better
1: do that shit. Do it for all the people that can't.
0: Right, exactly. Do
1: nice. all the mushrooms.
0: Do all the mushrooms. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. That's That's going to be the Amethyst second album coming out next <laughs> May. <laughs> do all
1: the mushrooms.
0: That's it. That'd be a good children's song, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: do all the mushrooms. <laughs> yes. Um Well, so what, other than this, uh, I think I asked you this the other night, but other than, than this huge project, that's really exciting, you know, what else are you excited about in your life? Like what, what, uh, on the day to day, you know, what's, what's one thing that, that, um, you get out of the bed in the morning and you're like, you feel anticipation for
1: honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like it's been rough. Mm
0: -hmm. It's been
1: a rough year. Yeah. I haven't felt anticipation getting up out of the bed in a mm-hmm. minute mm-hmm. and that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. But that's like what it is. Um, but I have a really great community here earlier when you, you were saying something, what were you saying? Um, just about like uh, fitting yourself into the timeline and schedule of things and I I think that's I had a lot of trouble with that in you know living in California and living in the Bay Area but here in New Orleans like I just feel so blessed to be around these around people that um that really do value putting creativity first and things are so open down here. People are very, like, friendly and welcoming. And, you know, like, when corona hit, everybody was, like, helping each other out. People were delivering food to people's houses. You know, when I think in, when things get bad, we can kind of, like, shut off to other people. But it was the exact opposite thing here. And I know that whatever I'm going through in my creative process that, like, I see beautiful reflections everywhere I turn with the people here that I've come to know and love. And so I definitely feel excited about that. I feel excited that things are opening back up, you know, gigs are happening and people are getting out there and getting vaccinated. And um, I am excited, even though it's difficult to keep exploring. And like I was saying earlier... Asking all the questions of myself, because um, I've had some cool shit happen, some cool weird things.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: in my personal life.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I just a, had a... a lot of. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go. You're the guest. Just like,
1: I'm just saying, a lot of cool weird shit happens down here, and there's a lot of weird people, and I'm just into it. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, there's a lot of people marching to the beat of their own drum, right? Like that's, that's part of the yeah. part of the culture there for sure. And you know, I, I see, totally see your wisdom in following the intuition of of needing to get free of like your comfort zone and the space that you grew up in and that you knew and the community that you had built already to shake loose those definitions that you'd been wearing and developing for years to be able to like, you know, be your own Phoenix rising from, you know, rising anew in in a new city. And I know personally, like growing up in like a really small community for the first 18 years of my life, like I really had to get out and go live in some other places. It allowed me to really Mm -hmm. appreciate what I do have, you know, when I came back and, uh, and, and, you know, even still like, this, i've lived in oakland for eight years now it's the longest i've lived in a place outside of my hometown and my at my usual I was like two years in a place and then i would move and uh i do feel that pull like i i do feel like a call to go pick up and like just start afresh in a new city but then also i just have so much good stuff here and i have so much there's so much love in this community and it's like every, I keep finding reasons to stay and and cool new connections and even just getting to know some of my neighbors who have lived in the neighborhood for super long and hearing their stories. It's like, you know, there's something about it that definitely, they definitely gets me. And uh, I keep finding new mysteries um, that I uncover.
1: Yeah, it takes a long time to really sink into a place. Mm-hmm. New and Orleans. down here in New Orleans, we're literally doing that.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> just yeah sinking. you're sinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, it'll take a lot, a lot more time for that to happen.
1: We'll uh, see.
0: So, I got a tangential <laughs> question for you.
1: Okay.
0: What, uh, like, I'm, I'm picturing uh, Amethyst and, like, you know, in bright spandex. Um, mm. What's your superhero? superpower and or name um
1: my power it's so hard to pick cuz like you want to pick a really cool one Aww. but then I also want to pick a really practical one okay like I would just love telepathy okay I think I already do it or I already have it mm-hmm. but no one wants to talk with me like no one will talk <laughs> with me but I like to, am talking to people like already
0: Oh, so you're like a, that's like a Greek tragedy you're describing right there that you have, you've been blessed with the gift of telepathy, but no one will listen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or no one can like tell, talk to me back or mm-hmm. something like they haven't unlocked their telepathy okay. or something. What? But what
0: I, how does your telepathy manifest?
1: I'm just, I could just tell you. Um, how
0: does it manifest? Yeah. Like, well, telepathy can, can you move things with your brain? Are you talking to people without you speaking? Yeah, we,
1: telekinesis is moving things. Is that what it is? Yeah, telepathy okay. is, yeah, speaking okay. without speaking.
0: Knowing others' minds.
1: Yeah, it's just like my voice disappears in some in your head. Mm. Like the, the chick on um, Lord of the Rings. What's her name? The queen that gives... Frodo the star the light
0: oh, Galadriel
1: yes okay how she just like looks at them and then she's like talking to them uh-huh. that would be me
0: gotcha I would be a queen beautiful and terrible in place <laughs> of a dark lord you would have a queen and all shall tremble before my beauty
1: oh my gosh you've watched that way too many
0: times I just got done <laughs> with another like audiobook <laughs> listen through of the Lord of the Rings like last week and it was so good Every time I find something new to uh, appreciate, and a new problem is solved, I had a big problem solved this time through so what was the problem i've always had an issue are you are, am i gonna are you familiar with the, you're familiar with the story yes
1: I'm familiar
0: okay so I've always had an issue with at the end of Return of the King in the final battle uh Aragorn has to walk through the mountain where all the the traitors, the ghosts of the traitors live, right. He has to take the paths of the dead to come to minus Tirith for the final battle. And, um, I always had this question because he dismisses the ghost army before they get to the battle. And in the movie, even it shows the ghost is kind of like this in, in like invincible force that like turns the tide of the battle but then he dismisses it before the final battle. And I'm always like, why wouldn't you just take it and defeat Sauron? You have like an unstoppable force. Like why like you get to decide as the King when their oaths have been fulfilled. Like, why wouldn't you just take this force Does and win he? the day? No, he doesn't. In in the book, actually he dismisses them before he even gets to minus Tirith, And uh, so that was always like a problem that I never understood. Like why, why doesn't he do this? And then, so this time I really like listened to that part of the book intently and focused. And what it says is that the ghost army actually doesn't have the power to do any physical damage uh, to anybody, but, but, but the fear that it brings is this powerful thing. So actually Uh. what's used is it gets to the, you know, there's this fleet of ships that are coming to ambush the city and that are going to turn the tide of the battle and he steps up with the ghost force and all the sailors and the army that's on the boats, they are terrified and they jump in the river and they drown. And then they're able to take the ships down and get to the city in time. And so suddenly that clicked and that made sense. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Why like the ghost army wouldn't actually be a huge tactical advantage on the battlefield because you're going up against the witch king of Angmar, the head of the Nazgul, who's like terror is his forte, you know? So like, uh, right, wow, oh that all that kick clicked into place for me. I had no idea
1: <laughs> I really thought that they were fight they fought them,
0: yeah, and in the movie they do they have like the ghost army in the movie like somehow rides in the ship, and then you know Aragorn arrives, and then the ghost army like dissolves an elephant and like fights everybody, and it's just kind of like you know too strong, it kind of like breaks the movie in my opinion, but Um, it's a uh, bit too much fighting yeah (laughs) yeah so but you know Tolkien if you actually read his words he's a lot more subtle and uh, thoughtful than a than a Hollywood depiction might otherwise portray
1: yes definitely definitely
0: definitely you know and you know Galadriel I had a real issue with Cate Blanchett playing Galadriel why? You know, I just, she, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, she never really seemed very elf-like to me. And uh, <laughs> and she was like so like, like, I don't know, Galadriel in the book is, there's like this sacred feminine energy that she exudes. And she's like this incredibly beautiful and like mysterious power. And to me, Kate Blanchett was like, just a little too, like, even like maybe a little masculine or like a little just, it was just not the like, she wasn't like a subtle power in the way that I think the character was in the book. And uh, I know that maybe a lot of people might get mad at me for saying that, but I just. I'm going to just be quiet. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> you know, Everyone has their own Galadriel. My Galadriel, I guess, is, was just a little different, you know
1: hmm Well, that's the beauty of books. Yeah, exactly. You get to make whatever you want.
0: Yeah, and it's, and even with, like, I mean, the, the narrator in the audiobook that I was reading is amazing, and he sings the songs, and he's, like, very, very good. It's a very good experience. But I've even noticed, like, I've tried to make an intention in my life of, like, in the mornings when I drink my coffee of actually, like, reading a book. Uh, because the narrator, narrator in my mind, that's it, it, like a completely different experience t- to hear that telling the story versus, you know, some voice actor. Uh, not that one's better or worse; it's just a difference. And right. I'd say that most of my books these days are are told by another's voice, so it's cool to to get my own, you know, on there. Yeah. That's cool. Lord <laughs> of the Rings. You got to have some Lord Sorry. of the Rings mixed in there.
1: Yes, my brain just went off into thinking about all kind of Lord of the Rings
0: things. So, so your superhero power would be telepathy, and yeah,
1: and it would be like across space and time too.
0: Gotcha. So, so what you could influence history is that the is that the power? Um. I mean, yeah, we all influence
1: here. history all the time. Right. Um but you know, like I could talk to so- to someone, yeah, no matter where they were. Mm.
0: That'd okay. be cute. Who would you, who would who would be the first person you talk to historically?
1: Um whoever needed me. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Maybe like I wouldn't even always know. Like maybe I would just send messages out and they would go to wherever they
0: mm.
1: needed to go to. I'm pretty like my Mars is in Pisces, so I'm pretty like hands off with like how things unfold. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, they just go wherever and then they end up <laughs> where they go.
0: <laughs> it seems like you'd have to develop a filter because Like when I think of someone who has telepathy, it seems like it's overwhelming at first because suddenly you have all these different voices impinging on your psyche and like learning how to filter them so you're not being overrun by everybody's thoughts.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think I already have this. Okay. (laughs) I think I already have telepathy. Maybe I should pick a different power.
0: (laughs) You picked a safe one.
1: Yeah. I just think it'd be... It'd be a relief, you know, because then I wouldn't have to talk anymore.
0: Mm. It's always been
1: my dream to just, like, go mute, and I just don't have the courage to do it.
0: It's a funny thing to hear from a singer.
1: Yeah, I think maybe I would still sing, but, like, like I said earlier, like, connecting way, way back, like, voice was used then for singing and for worship, you know, and for... Mm -hmm that kind of thing. So like a lot of times I feel like we abuse our voices and we abuse words,
0: mm.
1: you know, it's like, we just hit them over the head with a hammer. You know, It's like repeatedly yeah. instead of just like using sound at that exact moment. Like when I do mushrooms, it's really Hold cool. On one sec.
0: Hey, I'm in the middle of uh, doing a podcast, man. I'll be back. I'll be out in a little bit though. Who's that? <laughs> it's my, uh, the groundskeeper of our house this hilarious old man eric Look, the groundskeeper he's a he's an awesome dude from brooklyn but he's just i heard him getting closer and closer and then he knocked on my door um, oh. but he like he's the guy that fixes everything at the, at the on the property sweet sweet dude
1: that's cool wow this property is getting so intricate
0: yeah i mean he was here first we we moved into his place but he's like all pumped that there's this young energy and there's projects for him to work on. And he's like a builder and you know, he, I've seen that he gets so, he really loved my brother cause my brother uh, was, you know, doing all these things, fixing up the little room in back. And he was really sad when Tony moved out. Oh,
1: Pipe doesn't live
0: there anymore. No more Pipe. Now we got Craig. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Pipe moved out, uh, like a month ago and Mr. Berletti is in now. Wow! Which I t- I just connected the other night. I didn't realize that uh, he was in your band back in the day. Oh
1: yeah, Craig was OG. Yeah, like, he-, he was part of it for a long time.
0: Yeah, and he was a he was a dope organ player. I remember watching him watching mm-hmm. you guys play at Penrose, and I just he was so like straight edge and clean cut that like I when when I met him again, I think it like leshes at like a jam and he had the big curly hair like i just didn't put it two and two together you know mhm so it's funny but yeah now he's he's got the back unit and he's been you know just exerting his style on the space and it's been awesome we're we're, we're developing a a really cool zone and going to be um i'm excited cuz we're going to start having you know me and tony built a stage in our backyard so we're going to start doing pop up shows and having artists come and perform and giving people an opportunity to like dip their toe in the pool of socialization before they go to, you know, giving bands a chance to come and perform and then giving people a chance to go see music so that everybody can like re, uh, re like, you know, uh, accumulate themselves to, this, this social sphere, you know, so that when there are bigger shows, people aren't, it's not so much of a culture shock. and uh,
1: Right. And get their drug dosage right. Exactly. They're not yeah. out there trying to do totally. as much as they used
0: to. Exactly. Yeah. They, they can... I'm
1: a little bit worried about the people in New Orleans, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if everyone's going to make it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Crazy yeah. out here. Yeah. People got to take it. Take it in stride take it in steps, not do too much. Um, But it's cool. I got, you know, my roommate and his friend are chefs and I was talking to them last night and they're like, can we cook food for these pop-ups? And they're like almost demanding that they be allowed to cook really good food for everybody. And I'm like, hell yeah, you can, you know. So we're going to have like really bomb artisanal feasts as well and uh oh
1: my gosh when uh, is this
0: starting yeah it's hopefully in the next couple months as soon as you know as the room my roomies are getting vaccinated so i think when they feel safe um and give the thumbs up then we'll start and uh you know i, I want to set up my video stuff too so that like the bands that come and play also get to leave with like some content to promote themselves with so like you know they can use it as a booster uh in their own efforts at uh you know at at, at promotion and and getting their their stuff out there you know um i think it's going to be a really cool scene when we get it when we get it going sweet hobart presents you know
1: (laughs) wow your whole franchise
0: yeah you know you know whenever you make it out this way i hope you come in uh and do a show i'd love to Love to have amethyst star on the stage.
1: Yeah, I can force all the honey drops to be my band, just like there in the old days.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Aww. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do like we'll do the um the honey star, you know. Aww. <laughs>
1: totally. Star drops. The um,
0: star drops.
1: That's
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. you Relegate Lesh to to the trumpet, you know, and then you can let him come up and have a song, you know.
1: <laughs> no, I like to put him on the guitar.
0: That's right. Yeah, he feels. He,
1: he gets a little more nervous, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it tickles me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, that's it's always funny because you know when I hear him talk about his guitar playing because he's always like, that's like the one that he's like feels more most shaky on. But like, to me, he's like one of my favorite guitar players. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm always like, dude, you're like super tasteful. Like, I think that like, it's like rare where you have a guitar player who has like the talent to play whatever, but doesn't, you know.
1: (laughs) That is a sign of a good musician. Yeah. Um, Don't play so much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Play a little less.
0: (laughs) Exactly. There's that, there's an amazing Tom Waits quote. It's one of my favorites. Um, a gentleman is is someone who can play the accordion and doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, hey, it's been so nice talking to you, Amethyst, and I hope that uh, I did my job as a host in making you feel welcome on my podcast. Um,
1: yeah i'm honored that you thought i was interesting enough to
0: talk to you're one of the most interesting people i know
1: oh my goodness
0: (laughs) you're like who me i'm like who you who me you know (laughs) (laughs) who we who we well we um do you have a release date for this album
1: I don't. It's looking like, you know, summer 2021 is okay. what I can say, but I will definitely keep everyone posted.
0: Yeah. How can people <laughs> like find and follow you and support your art?
1: Um, find me on um, Instagram. My name is XXStarchild. That's with two R's. X- Wait, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Ignore all that. It's X- star with two r's child xx and i you know i'll put little snippets of me doing stuff or things that i'm working on or things that are coming up and then i have a soundcloud that has a bunch of demos on it things that i just recorded like in my house with a a condenser mic um and garage band but um it's got a few of the songs that are on the album so uh, the username for that also is star child wild. Mm. So child. that's what I got right now. And hell yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, check
1: me out. Check me out.
0: Yeah. And I want to set an intention. If, if you're into it, when you do, when you are ready to release, I want you to come back on and we can promote it, promote the hell out of it. Um, sure. But, uh, but thank you so much for coming on and, Letting me do my art with you and, uh, you know, nothing else. You know, you've got one of the most pleasing vocal timbres. So it's just been nice to hear you make sounds with your mouth.
1: (laughs) That's what I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Amethyst. Well, uh, well, all the best. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Thank um, you. And, you know, may, may you make the most out of, out of your rain time.
1: Mm, thank you. It still hasn't come.
0: There you go. You get to go so, feel that ch- delightful charge of the pre-burst.
1: Oof, the delightful charge of the pre-burst. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just going to like sit with that.
0: All right. Well, we'll end it on that.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Have a good night. All right, Hobie. Bye. Bye. All right. We did it. Pre-burst. Sunburst, Starburst, Amethyst, Starburst. What's your flavor? Um that was lovely. Thank you so much, Amethyst, for coming on. All y'all be sure to go check her out in all those different uh zones and areas that we described and and keep a lookout for her album coming out. I think I'm gonna have Amethyst back on. Um when she's ready to release and we're going to try to demo some of her music so you guys can get more of a taste of it but in the meantime check her out on soundcloud check her out on instagram um what an amazing human being you know thanks again amethyst for coming on uh yeah well have a great week y'all until next week it's your boy hobart signing off be well my friends